Jeff here? What is it? Well, there's a, a person to see you, sir. In the consulting room? No, here, sir. He didn't give a name, but said you'd know him, sir. Oh, did he? Well, ask him what he... No, 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 never mind. I'll see him. Send him in. Very good, sir. This way, come here. Yeah, I know your face. Men have been known to die of shock. And I imagined in those moments I might die to join my poor friend Holmes. I am that Dr. Watson privileged for so long to share the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. I will tell you about the empty house. By then, after three years, I'd learned to live with the knowledge that Holmes was dead. Excuse me, please. Uh, for just a moment. <clears throat> it was um, in the spring of 1894 that the Honourable Ronald Adair was murdered in London under the most unusual and inexplicable circumstances. I remember thinking more clearly than ever of the loss the community had sustained by the death of Sherlock Holmes three years before. And in fact, I was thinking so much about Holmes and the adventures we'd had together that I got quite a shock when I bumped into a man in Oxford Street and found it was his brother, Michael. Oh! Have a care, sir. I beg your pardon, sir. Oh! It's Mr. Mycroft Holmes, isn't it? Of course, you're Dr. Watson. That's right. Hey, Good while since we met. Tell me, though, have you kept up your own interest in crime since uh, Sherlock's death? Well, in a way, you know. Usually read up the latest case and try to work it out as Holmes might have done. Uh, just my own amusement, you know. Quite, quite. Now, uh, what do you say about this Adair business? Sherlock would have loved this one. Honorable Ronald Adair. Second son of the Earl of Maynooth, you know. That's right. Found shot in his room late last night. Hmm? The mother and sister were out, came home, couldn't get a reply at his door. No, his light was on. Got it burst in and found him there. Bullet through the head. No weapon in the room. Just a few gold and silver coins stacked on the table. Hmm. And a list of some of the chaps he plays cards with regularly at his club. I say. Murder, then? A little doubt about it. No clues, though, by all accounts. The door of his room locked on the inside. No signs of a forced entry. And the rooms on the second floor overlooking Park Lane. No possible way of climbing up or down to it, short of putting up scaffolding, the police say. Well, well. Ah, but was any of the windows open there? Uh... Couldn't the shot have been fired from across the street? He was shot with a soft-nosed revolver bullet. Oh, well, that rules that out, then. No man in this world could get someone plumb in the head with a revolver from the other side of Park Lane and at night. Precisely. And there are no reports of anyone hearing a shot. Well, it's a rum business, Mr. Holmes. You're quite right. Your brother Sherlock would have delighted in it. Ah, yes. Come to think of it, I'll stroll round by Park Lane on my way home, living in Kensington, I don't know. Well, do that, Dr. Watson. Number 427, the house is. I passed that way myself a few minutes ago. 
usual crowd hanging about, telling one another how it was done, you know. Mm. But uh, between you and me, I don't think they're getting very near the mark. Chuck the gun out of the window as he fell to the floor. Go on, don't say nothing here about no pistol found in Park Lane. I say it's Mrs. Dunnett. It's always them, Mrs. Dunnett. Shot him through the keyhole. Oh, blimey, I keep telling you, he hadn't got no missus. He lived with his sister and his ma. Yeah, ain't that right, Governor? Uh, yes, yes, that's right. There you are. So what are you bringing in a minute for? Who asked for your opinion, eh? Yeah. Opinion? I wasn't sitting yeah. in your opinion. And you, sir. Now, look here, my good man, let me pass. Yeah, look what you're doing. Those are valuable books you've knocked out of my head. Don't confound it. I'll pick your blessed books up for you then. There. And uh, now, good day to the lot of you. I wonder what's on this last down night early to bring something that's good enough to do. Excuse me, Dr. Watson. Oh, yes, Jessie. What is it? Well, there's a, a person to see you, sir. In the consulting room? No, yes, sir. He didn't give a name, but said you'd know him, sir. Oh, did he? Well, ask him what he... No, 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 never mind. Ask him. Send him in. Very good, sir. This way, come here. Now, sir. Yeah, I know your face. Yes. Yeah. You should do. Hmm? You knocked all my valuable books out of my hands in Park Lane. Oh, well, that was an accident then. I picked them up for you. <laughs> what are you doing here? You're surprised to see me, sir. Yes, I am. Well, I have a conscience, sir. And when I chanced to see you go into this house as I came hobbling after you, I thought to myself, I'll just step in and see that kind gentleman and tell him that if I was a bit gruff in my manner, there was not any harm meant Mm. and that I'm much obliged to him for picking up my books. Well, there's no need at all. Still, it's civil of you. Ah, good day. Oh, don't mention it, sir. Uh, my little bookshop's just round the corner from you, a corner of Church Street, you know. I see. Uh, maybe you collect yourself, sir? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, pity, pity. Now, here's British Birds. Oh, lovely book. Bargain price. <coughs> then uh, works of Catullus. <coughs> the Holy War. A bargain, every one of them. What about it? Well, I, um... With five volumes, you could just fill the gap on that second shelf behind you there. It looks untidy, does it not, sir? Well... Uh, behind you, sir. Oh, yes. Yes, I see. Yes. Well, it depends on how much you wish to... Holmes. My dear Watson. Holmes. Oh. <laughs> dear me. He looked as though he'd seen a ghost. Oh, well, I suppose he had. Just another sip, my dear fellow. Brandy and water. Yes. Well, it seems uh, to work for all your patients, so it should work for you. Oh, Holmes, I, I... I can't believe it. Oh, my dear Watson, I owe you a thousand apologies. No, no, no. no. It was inexcusable of me to drop my disguise as dramatically as that. I had no idea that you'd be so affected. 
I should have prepared you. But Holmes, you're... You're alive. I, I don't understand. You went over the Reichenbach Falls, you and Moriarty. Moriarty went over the falls. I remained alive. That was three years ago. Three long years, Watson. But you see, as I stood on the brink trying to get my breath back, it came to me in a flash what I must do. Uh, I knew that Moriarty wasn't the only man who sworn to have my life. There were at least three others. One uh, of them would almost certainly get me off my guard someday. But if the world was convinced that I was dead, they would drop their guard, and sooner or later I could destroy them. I see. My brother, Mike Thought, was my only confidant from then on. Oh, but surely you could Oh, I owe you another apology, Watson. But you understand I had to stay hidden, as it were, until my would-be assassins were accounted for. And are they? All but one. And he knows I didn't die with Moriarty, so there's no point in pretending further. You mean he's recognized you since then? That's it. Well, Holmes, it's a remarkable business. It's remarkable. <laughs> and this is about the happiest day of my life. Thank you, Watson. Tell me, where have you been all this time? Oh, I haven't been idle. I was unable to come back to London where I'm too well known, but I traveled for two years in Tibet... Yeah. Looked in at Mecca and paid an interesting visit to the Caliph at Khartoum. Yeah. Then I returned to France. There, I learned that there was only one of my enemies left in London. I came over here at once, found that Mycroft had had 221B Baker Street kept just as I had left it. Uh -huh. uh, Mrs. Hudson had hysterics when she saw me, by the way. And I was going to look you up as quickly as possible when this Park Lane business intervened. The Adair murder. But what's that got to do with you? What's it got to do with you, Watson? You were conspicuously prominent in that little crowd opposite the house this morning. Well, her silly truth, I often like to try to puzzle these cases for myself. Uh, wonder what you'd have done about them, don't you? Brought back the good old days to me. Well, the good old days are back now. I came here to ask for your cooperation again. Oh, like a shot, Holmes. But I warn you, we have dangerous work ahead of us tonight. All the better. What's it about? We'll eat a bite of dinner here this evening. By your leave, of course. Oh, don't worry about that. Then we must take a cab to somewhere about Cavendish Square. Yes? We'll go from there on foot. There are plenty of small lanes and mews. I'm not ready to be generally recognized yet. Since this disguise, which I think I'll dispense with now. Where will we be walking to? To Baker Street. Two to one B? Almost, but not quite. The house opposite. Opposite? Um, Camden House, you mean? That's it. Well, Holmes, I, I don't know what you have in mind, but Camden House has been empty for ages. I, I was past there again only the other day. Exactly. What are we going to do there, Holmes? If I'm not mistaken, we shall be meeting someone. Who? A Colonel Moran. Mean anything to you? Moran? Moran? Uh, no, I can't say it does. Hmm? Not so astute after all. Got a who's who? Yes, yes. Uh, here we are. Last year's edition, will it do? Capital. Now then, let's see. Um, ah, Moran Sebastian. Listen to this, Watson. Mm -hmm. Moran Sebastian Colonel. Mm -hmm. Unemployed. Formerly first Bangalore pioneers, born London 1840, son of Sir Augustus Moran C.B., once British Minister to Persia. Educated Eton and Oxford, served in Jawaki campaign, Afghan campaign, mentioned in dispatches, Sherpur and Kabul. Ever met up with him in your service, Watson? 
No, I don't think so. Well, it goes on. Author of Hitty Game of the Western Himalayas, 1881. Three Months in the Jungle, 1884. Oh, read that. Address, Cundit Street Club, the Anglo-Indian Tankerville Bagatelle Card Club. <laughs> Pretty impressive. Yes, there's plenty it doesn't say, though. But as? That he's the most dangerous man in London. Is that so? He's moved up the scale in recent years. While Moriarty was alive, Moran was only the second most dangerous. He was Moriarty's chief of staff. Well, I see. Oh, the man did honorably enough in his day. But whatever the cause, Colonel Moran began to go wrong. Without any public scandal, he made India too hot to hold him. He retired to London, and Moriarty pretty soon sought him out. Ah. Moriarty kept him liberally supplied with money and used him only in one or two very high-class jobs beyond the scope of the ordinary criminal. Yes, sir. Well, how do all this fit in with tonight? You will see. Let it be sufficient to say that Colonel Moran is the one man remaining who'd like to assassinate me the moment he gets his opportunity. For my part, I've been waiting these three years for an opportunity of laying him by the heels. Mm. But what could I do? I, I couldn't shoot him on sight. Couldn't you put it in the hands of the police? Oh, useless. Not a shred of evidence against him. No, it wasn't. I knew there was nothing I could do until... Until what? <laughs> well... Until tonight, if you like. What, looking at an empty house? Looking from an empty house, Watson. Oh. In the direction of our former humble abode. And now, I'm thankful to say, mine again. 221B Baker Street. Oh, I, I don't think much of this place. Better from outside. <laughs> Carefully neglected out here, but all the better for our purpose. So we um, have a light home. No, no, better not. Don't want to attract the attention of the first constable who comes along. Besides, our friend the colonel might not like it. But home, surely meeting him here like this. Quiet, quiet. Oh, sorry, in this place. I mean, say you 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 said he'd stick at nothing. I say we'll meet him somewhere in the open, don't you think? Oh, forgive me if I've misled you. We have no appointment to meet the colonel here. In fact, he mayn't even come. But I rather fancy he will. And for heaven's sake, would you mind telling me what we're doing in this musty hole? Because it commands so excellent a view of that picturesque pile number 221B. Now, might I trouble you, my dear Watson, to draw a little closer to this filthy window? Careful. Mustn't show ourselves. How for anyone to see us through this? Now, rub a little patch clear where no one will notice. And then tell me whether my years of absence have taken away my power to surprise you. Hmm. Great heavens, Holmes. Yes, Watson? Your silhouette up there in the window of 221B. Ah, you recognize it. Oh, marvelously done. If you weren't here with me, I'd swear that was you sitting up there against the light. Age cannot wither me, nor custom fail my infinite variety. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I must say, really, is rather like me, isn't it? I swear it was you. The credit belongs to Monsieur Oscar Mernier of Grenoble. It's a bust in wax. Oh. It took him several days to mold it. I arranged the rest during my visit to 221B this morning. Well, now perhaps you'll tell me what it's for. Simple. I have the strongest possible reason for wishing certain people to think I'm idling indoors when I'm really elsewhere. Who? Colonel Moran. And others. Members of that charming society whose former leader lies at the foot of the Russian Dark Falls. 
They would know from Moran that I was still alive. Sooner or later, they believed I must come back to my room. They watched continuously. And this morning, they saw me arrive. How do you know? Oh, I recognized their sentinel. He's a harmless enough fellow, Parker by name, but I knew he would pass the word on quickly enough to his leader. But weren't you in disguise when you arrived? Oh, but Parker knew what. I could tell he knew me. But Holmes, this silhouette, it's very fine. It's fine but surely. If I need to keep their eyes on it for long enough, see that it never moves. Have you been keeping your eyes on it, Watson? Well, yes. Yes, yes, I have. Then pray do so for a little longer. Holmes, I, I really don't see the point. Great heavens! Yes? It, it moved! Just then. Of course it moved, Watson. Am I such a farcical bungler that I should erect an obvious dummy and expect some of the sharpest men in Europe to be taken in by... <laughs> Quick, Watson. He's coming. Quickly and quietly away from the window and into this corner. Our visitor won't see us here. Come along. your message at the yard, and I ought to be good on this case myself. It's a great pleasure to see you back in London, Mr. Holmes. Thank you, Lestrade. I thought you needed a little help here. Three unsolved murders in one year won't do you, now, no, Mr. Holmes. Oh, you didn't do so badly with the mills industry, I grant you. You handled it with less than your usual... <coughs> that's to say, you handled it fairly well. You You clever thing. Ah, here's our friend in talkative mood. Well, Colonel, journeys end in lovers' meeting, as the old play says. You cunning, cunning fiend. But I'm surprised that my very simple stratagem could deceive so old a shikari. It must be very familiar to you. Have you never tethered a young goat under a tree, lain above it with your rifle and waited for the bait to bring the tiger to you? Well, Colonel, this empty house is my tree. And you are my tiger. <laughs> you see... The parallel is exact. You, inspector, or whatever you are, you may or may not have cause for arresting me, but at least there's no reason why I should be exposed to the jibes of this... this person. And in the hands of the law, let things be done in a reasonable way. Well, that's fair enough, I suppose. Mr. Holmes, is there anything more you want to say before we take him along? Only to ask what charge you intend to prefer. What charge, sir? 
Well, the attempted murder of Mr. Sherlock Holmes, of course. Not so, not so, Lestrade. I don't put those two appear in the matter at all. Eh? But Holmes... No, no, Lestrade. To you and to you alone must go the credit for this remarkable arrest. I congratulate you. With your usual happy mixture of cunning and audacity, you got him. Got him? Got who? Why, the man your whole force has been looking for. The man who shot the Honorable Ronald Adair through the open window of the second floor front of number 427 Park Lane, Colonel Sebastian Moran. Great. Yes, Prove it. No, I'm sorry, Colonel, but I must detain you for questioning. Uh, Constable. Uh, I, this way, sir. Take your hands off me, sir. And now, my dear Watson, I dare say you're burning to visit our old home again and as soon as possible. Bring the colonel's rifle with you, and if you can endure the draft from a broken window, I think half an hour in my study over a cigar, therefore do some profitable news. Oh, never mind a bit of broken glass, Mrs. Hudson. I'm pleased to see you're undamaged yourself. Oh, I did just as you told me, Mr. Holmes. Dr. Watson can't make out how the dummy managed to move about every now and then. Perhaps you'd tell him. Yes, come on, Mrs. Hudson. What did Mr. Holmes put you up to? Oh, there was nothing to it, sir. Mm-hmm. I went to it in my knees, sir, just as Mr. Holmes told me. Kept well out of sight and shifted the figure about to that. <laughs> <laughs> that will live. Here's the bullet, Mr. Holmes. I picked it up off the carpet. Thank you. Hmm. Must have flattened itself against the wall. Well, Mrs. Hudson, thank you for your valiant assistance. Mm, it was a pleasure, sir. Oh, gentlemen, it is nice to have you both back here again. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Ah, so now you know what. Mr. Holden, um, let's see that bullet. Huh? Here you are. Yes, flattened nose. Hmm, soft nose. But it's a revolver bullet, Holmes. Quite right, Watson. But it was an air gun he used. Uh, where'd you put it? Hmm? Here it is. Ah. Oh, yes, it's an air gun. But you've never seen one like it before, I always. Oh, I've known of its existence for years. I met the man who made it, a German named von Herder. He was blind, by the way. Hard to believe, isn't it? An air gun to fire a revolver bullet. Tremendously powerful, virtually silent. Put a thing like that into the hands of a man who can shoot like Moran and you see the result. Two murders with two bullets. Or it would have been if this wax dummy had been I. Two murders? Uh, the Adair one as well? Yes. A soft-nosed revolver bullet, the papers said. No reports of a shot being heard. No possibility of anyone having shot so accurately from so far away with a revolver. As soon as I heard the news, I knew my chance had come. Mm. All these years, I've waited for Moran to do something that would furnish proof for the police and put him out of the way for good. This was it. Then this business this evening was... Exactly. But for my return, he'd no doubt be out of the country by now, lying low with that precious weapon well hidden away. As it was, he decided to tarry long enough to deal with me while he was about it. Well, I see it now. Capital. Except that... Oh, dear. Well, I I don't understand the connection with the Honorable Rupert Adair. Ronald Adair. Oh, Ronald Adair, of course he is, yes. Why did Moran kill him? My dear Watson, you read up the reports of the case after you got home this afternoon, didn't you? Certainly I did. Well, then, the card party. Card party, there you go again. What card party? When the late Ronald Adair returned home last night, he'd been to a card party, had he not? 
Near his body were found several piles of gold coins and a list of names with amounts written against them. Yes. Do you recall those names? Well, uh, Sir somebody something and, uh, and, uh, and uh, No, no, a general, I think. A no? Colonel Watson. Sir John Hardy and Mr. Murray and a Colonel Moran. By Jove. There's room for improvement in you, Watson. Oh. Yes, Adair had been playing cards with Moran and those others. When he was shot, he was working out his winnings. All his losses. Then what? Ah. Ah. Here we enter the realms of conjecture. Moran has always been a notable cheat over cards. Perhaps Adair caught Moran cheating and threatened to expose it. Yes. Such a scandal would mean Moran's exclusion from the clubs and the ruin of many of his schemes, not to mention his ill-gotten income. Yes, I think that'll do. Will you accept it? <laughs> I have no doubt you're as right as you always were. <laughs> oh, it'll be verified or disproved at the trial. And once again, Mr. Sherlock Holmes is free to devote his life to examining those interesting little problems which the complexity of human life so plentifully. <laughs>